Donovan Mitchell and the New York Knicks just need to get this over with already. Plus, real or fake, Kevin Durant is hurting his legacy. And the NBA wants you to get out and vote. It's the Wednesday episode of Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Wednesday episode of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On Wednesdays, I'm your co-host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales at John underscore Corrales on Twitter and I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. And thank you for making the Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, plus right here on YouTube. And we're five days a week. Again, completely free, even in the middle of August. People are taking time off because there's not a whole lot to talk about. We're not. We got the content you want, right, John? Excellent show coming up. Everything. I. You know what people aren't talking about? Kevin Durant. Not at all. We've got to fill the void. You'd think that something this big would get a lot more discussion across the airwaves and pod, pod waves, pod waves, pod. That works. I like that. Sure. But, uh, the people, the people demand more, more Kevin Durant. Actually, I I know everyone is like over it, but we do have to talk about it today, but we're going to do it a little bit differently. The best was, uh, let me see if I can find the tweet. This, uh, one, one listener tweeted at you and I today that was like, Hey, can you guys not talk about Kevin Durant today, please? Because (laughs) the past like bunch of lockdown NBAs have done is it's, it's, mc86 i'll give him a shout out since he said this and my first text to john this morning was like so what about kevin durant are we gonna talk about t- today yeah. we'll get into that in the second segment because everyone needs a break but we should probably lead with donovan mitchell and the new york knicks because while we're still waiting on resolution with kevin durant we're also waiting on resolution with donovan mitchell because there's no reason the utah Jazz should keep him and they very much signaled that they are kind of moving on from him with this and the trade of Rudy Gobert. So after no talks happening for a little bit, it sounds like the Knicks and the Jazz have re-engaged in trade talks, according to Shams and The Athletic. John, tell me if you agree or disagree. The way, I see this one way, right? This is like when you're watching a movie or like a rom-com or like something like that. And it's very obvious, like two people should get together, right? Like you're, it's like yeah. Pam and Jim in the office or something like this. Uh-huh. And you've got this stupid slow build up and you're just in the movie theater screaming like kiss already like kiss her man something something along those lines right like that's how i see the knicks and and donovan mitchell like these two need to just kiss and just move in and get engaged already and there's no reason to drag this out like this this is one of those trades that just makes so much sense to me i'm gonna i want to like i feel like i want to scratch the the thing is that is that jake or is that danny Ainge? Over here, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Danny right. Ainge be saying the same thing. Like, hey, yeah, New York, you guys, come on. You got to just do this already. What are you dragging your feet? Because I, I was on Locked on Knicks last week talking about Danny Ainge and the Donovan Mitchell situation. And one of the things I said was Danny is not one to just do things for the sake of doing things. He's not going to he's not going to give in when he knows he has the desirable piece, right? We've seen the joke. The joke about Danny Ainge was there. Are, here are all the trades that Danny Ainge didn't make, and and it almost was made. Right. <laughs> almost yeah, he, made. Yeah, here are all the almost trades that he made, 
And, you know, I always thought it was a little bit unfair, but like, I also do understand that Danny Ainge is very kind of particular. He, he doesn't want to just win the trade. He wants that absolutely like he did with Minnesota dominate the trade. He doesn't want to win games. He wants to win by 30. And I think that's what he's holding out for. And the Knicks are just kind of like, do we have to? Because he's, you're going to end up bidding against yourselves. But at the same time, you still want Donovan Mitchell. Everybody kind of anticipates that that's going to be the landing spot. And so there, there's got to be a little bit of, of middle ground. And I think that Danny just kind of needs to understand that Minnesota was in such a unique place that you can't anticipate the Knicks are going to give up. Well, if you gave up that, if we got this much for Gobert, you guys are going to have to give us, you know, your, your entire future and like half the concessions from MSG and box seats to the Rangers. Like you can't, you can't expect all of that stuff. I think Danny needs to recalibrate his expectations a little bit as well. You lived in New York for a while. Like what's the most New York thing you would be willing to include in a trade for <laughs> Donovan Mitchell here that like that New York can't have any more of? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, putting you really on the spot like, there. No, like like a functioning MTA, a functioning subway system that actually is there on time with no delays. If you if if they could actually get that, then the, the, put that in. Uh, the most New York thing to trade out to Utah, I mean Utah. What, what does Utah? Yeah, I guess want? what do they want from New York? <laughs> you couldn't have two more opposite cities than Salt Lake and in Manhattan, where you know MSG is. Like that's that's a relatively walking distance from Times Square, and like that's as opposite as you can get from anything Utah. Uh, Utah is very picturesque, scenic. New York is like using half the world's electricity so it's like new york and vegas and like that's like 80 percent of the electricity used in the world uh i i, I can't think of what's the more like pizza i've gotten yeah good no. pizza? yeah they probably I can't would imagine love that. Utah has good pizza. i cannot imagine that utah has good pizza i just I, I, you know what it's actually one of the cities i've, I've actually never covered uh a game in utah you're just scared of the boss yeah yeah no so Here's the thing. When I was when I was working uh, at Mass Live covering the Celtics, I had uh, another reporter, Tom Westerholm, for the people who know me, know him from the Lockdown Celtics podcast. We were co-workers. He loves Utah. He loves the woods. He loves that stuff. And so he was he would always claim Utah. I'm like, great. I will always claim New Orleans because I just want to, like, have fun and party and go nuts. So I took. New Orleans. I took all the New York trips. I took all of that stuff. So yeah. So I, I, he always took the, the scenic kind of outdoorsy stuff, but, and, and that's why like, so that, that aesthetic New York, this, this couldn't have more opposite kind of things happening here. I, that's probably kind of why it's here. Watch me be a pro at this. It's probably kind of why like Donovan Mitchell wants out to a certain degree, right? Like we've heard rumors about him wanting out for such a long time. And that team's been really good. They haven't had a postseason run like you would like, but they've been really good. And there's no reason he should want to leave that franchise. If you're going almost just purely based on like basketball results. And yet he still kind of does also with tons of ties to New York and all of that too. But 
it probably factors into it. That's why, given everything, like, favorite son of New York, like, he should probably be playing for the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. It's like Destiny, just like Kiss, man. It's like the <laughs> most the most recent Star Wars movie that was terrible. Kylo Ren and Rey, they just, like, needed to kiss, and you just got to get that out of the way, and it's, like, so much buildup leading to it. That Why do you got to do that to me? Totally derail me with... <laughs> like, I'm a big Star Wars guy, and you have to, like, I was so excited for those movies and then they, they happened and so many people like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Yes. Yes. But I'm sure uh, Danny Ainge probably wants a better result than the end result of those movies, which were terrible. Yeah. You don't want to come out of it. You don't want to come out of that kiss and the ending of that movie. <laughs> and like that was unfulfilling. That shouldn't have happened. Danny Ainge doesn't want to come out of this trade feeling that that shouldn't have happened. And the thing about the thing about Danny is, you know, it, he's you know probably tanking the same reason everybody else is tanking for this big monster draft and these big, you know, all, all of these guys that, that could be game changers. And sure, that's that's part of it. But also like the picks, he's trying to get as many picks as possible because he will pursue the star. He will try to flip those. And he's just waiting. He's waiting for, you know, one of these, one of, okay, you're trading away a star. He wants to get somebody later on. He wants to be that on the opposite side of this. So there, there's a reason why he's holding out. And also, hey, look, he doesn't have to trade Donovan Mitchell. Donovan can want out all he wants. It's very Durant-ish. It's very Durant adjacent in that you've got time on the contract you don't have to do this now that you can hold out for a better deal. Yes, New York and Donovan, they need to get together. They have the assets, though. Like, they have the the extra picks. You know, they have players that work salary-wise. Like, if you're going to tank, throw Julius Randle out there and just let him go, like, ham for a season on a bad team. You know, the, the problem – actually, you know, I'll be honest with you. The problem is that I think you got to – You they have Will Hardy, who is a very – highly respected guy who's been on the uh on the bubble uh on the edge of getting a head coaching job for a while this stint that he had in boston alongside emi odoka was like the final all right now we got to start poaching these guys i have high hopes for him i don't think danny Ainge wants to give him any pseudo good players even if it is julius randall and super rice i feel like will hardy you you can't you can't give the scientist too many chemicals to work with. Cause he's going to come up with something. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think Danny wants to just does. I don't think he wants Julius Randall. And if he gets him, he's going to flip. Does anyone want him right now? Do the Knicks even want Julius Randall right now? What happened? He was just like all NBA two years it's ago. Second team, all NBA, right? Yeah, he was so happened? good. Uh, Tibbs won coach of the year because he got Julius Randall to play defense. And then, whatever happened last they season for Kemba and Evan Fournier and the whole thing went down the toilet. They went away from what worked and look, the rising tide rises, all the ship, you know, all ships rise. And then when the tide goes out, all ships sink. So that's it's that's wild. Like the fall from happened. grace there. Yeah. So oh man. Go listen to the locked on Knicks podcast. It's probably a really, really fun time, especially if they end up getting Donovan Mitchell. All right, coming up next. Yeah, we got to do a little bit of Kevin Durant talk, but let's look at his legacy and how this trade demand is 
affecting it or not. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on NBA. Before we get to that, though, think about it. You're hanging out with some friends and putting a few, uh, putting back a few drinks, and then a few becomes too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds that you're going to get pulled over anyway, right? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? I don't know, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. And that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, plan ahead, and get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. So drive sober or get pulled over. And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all. Even in the offseason, we take no breaks because this is the most fun league in the world and we get to cover it and there's fun stories, including the never-ending one that is Kevin Durant right now. I know you're probably going to go on a rant in a minute here, John, but I'm just going to throw it out. Wednesday, real or fake? Do you think this is, real or fake, this is impacting Kevin Durant's legacy in the NBA? I think Kevin Durant's legacy has been affected by his, I'm I'm trying to find the the right way to word this. I think he, his attitude has changed over the course of time. Um, I feel like, I feel like he's, he's, a relatively sensitive guy. I don't think that's, I'm not speaking out of turn here. He's no, you're not. He's anybody who takes this much time to respond to so many people on Twitter. When you're Kevin Durant, when you're as good as Kevin Durant, there's a level of sensitivity um, involved there. I think that has, is what has served him uh, the worst in all of this because he went from, you know, follows that path of you, you build somebody up and then you tear him down. And this is the tearing down process. This is just the latest kind of example of the, you know, sensitive kind of, uh, it's real. I mean, it's definitely real. It's a, it's a look behind the, you know, behind the curtain a little bit with, with Durant and in, in his thought process, but, the more the more he reacts to all of these things and the less he just kind of says i'm going to go play basketball the the more the more that legacy kind of erodes the more people start to think like oh god i great player but mm, you know i don't like that attitude or something yeah, I, I'm with you. And you you got real close to a point I want to make. So I definitely think this is real and kind of impacting his legacy. And look, he's got two NBA titles, right? MVP. He was the MVP, uh, finals MVP twice. Like he's as good as they come in terms of being a player on the court. But but you said something, right? Where like this is very real and like honest. And you almost rarely see this kind of honesty from players and kind of like almost vulnerability from these players. Like he, 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 as you said, he's very sensitive, right? He cannot say he doesn't care what people think about him. And he very clearly does. And that's fine because we all do. And that's again, super real, brutally honest. But when you kind of look at like all time greats, right? You kind of want them to feel, you want them to almost feel infallible, right? Like they were 
um, bigger than life and larger than life and all sorts of things like that. And with him caring so much about what other people think, it seems to almost kind of make him too real that he doesn't feel like, like a God out there or something like that, because gods wouldn't care about this sort of thing. And I think that does impact his legacy to a certain degree. And I think people kind of look at that and are like, all right, screw this guy. Like, as you said, right, people look at it and it's like this guy again. And that's what it kind of seems to be coming up on, at least for me. And I think what, a general feeling. That's why people don't want to hear about him anymore too, probably. Yeah. Look, he's, I, here's, here's why I'm struggling. Here's why I struggle because I believe in player agency and I believe in, I believe in these guys having this, you know, the, the forum and using the forum and being real. And what I don't like is when somebody shows who they are, like, and it just happens to be like, he's sensitive and he takes some things personally and he, he doesn't like the perception around him. And I don't like when that, when that tears a player down and it's hard. Cause I, 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 I do just, I feel, I feel the urge to be like, just shut up. Right. Like you, you want your athletes to act a certain way, but at the same time that runs counter to what I believe. So I have like this knee jerk reaction of like, geez, Kev, just please just relax a little bit. Like this retirement stuff was <laughs> like this, this one, honestly, Jake, you know this, but this bothered me because Mark Stein wasn't reporting that he would retire. He was using the conversation that he had with an executive that the executive, like we said last week, the executive said, I think he'd rather retire before he goes back to the Nets. And using that as the springboard into the story of Durant being so dead set about against, you know, going back that we're at this impasse. He didn't report Kevin Durant might retire. He never put it in the headline. He never tweeted and put it out, put it out there. He he used it as a mechanism that all writers do to get into what the story really was and you can say well he shouldn't have done that because he knows that aggregators will latch on to things and that's true but also it's on us to be like not looking for one little morsel we're all it feels like everybody on the internet's like prospectors like you know (laughs) looking for that little nugget like they dip into the whole story and they shake 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 not even caring a damn about context and they go, oh, this executive thinks that Kevin Durant might retire. Headline, boom, here's my take, boom. SEO, boom, because all we care about is clicks and, and that fires off the ads and, and all of that stuff. And now it gets out there. And now Kevin Durant's going to be like, oh, you got to believe the unnamed sources. Kevin Durant doesn't even have the context anymore. And I feel worse for like Mark Stein because he's like, I didn't want this to be the thing. That's not what I was doing here. So I, I I do think that Kevin Durant's image persona from squeaky clean guy in OKC to kind of more kind of curmudgeon basketball curmudgeon. That's a good way to put it. You know, is, is it, it's, people still want him to be squeaky clean guy. 
and I don't care that he's, you know, he says what he says, but also he does have to understand that there is like an inherent knee jerk reaction that within people to be like, Oh, Kev, you don't, you don't have to say, you don't have to respond to everything, you know, like, like, yeah, just don't tweet. It's like, this should be like hard and fast right? rule like, for like, like most people. That's like the lesson for most people is like, sometimes, sometimes you just gotta, and it's don't hard. tweet like, through I, it. Right. It's hard, it's hard for me. I'm sure you've had this whole thing too. Like just sometimes you want to respond to people. And I'm like, and I'll, I'll have like a quote tweet ready and I'll be like, you know what? Yeah, it's, it's fun to dunk on people on certain Not things, especially when they're like dicks and they've, and they've lied about you. Like that happens. Like someone's like, Jake said this. And it's like, Great. Now I got to go out there and correct this because sometimes like, especially on the writer side, it can get back to players. Right. Or they, as is Durant's a good example of this, right? Like he just kind of picked up what was like out there in the ether being said about him and didn't trace it back to like what actually was said. Right. So now he's out there being like, I never said this. And no one said that he said this, right? Like, as you said, that's what, not right. what it was, but people kind of took it and spun it like that. So I've had, you know, we had, we saw this with like Zion the other day at his contract extension thing where he didn't say it about me, but said it to a guy who was sitting next to you, Christian Clark of the New York, New Orleans Avenue. And it was like, oh, are you the piano guy? And it's like, wait, crap. They see some of this stuff and then it can create bad relationships. And so that stuff like matters and you've got to kind of factor that stuff into everything. And it's just a bit of a, of a mess, but keeping it back to Durant because we could get derailed here very easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think part of this has to do with like almost how unusual the request is to a certain degree, right? Where he's got what, four years left on the deal, three years left. And like, look, it's one thing when we see this, when they got one year left, right? Or one year plus a player option. So it essentially makes it one year remaining. That's when you usually see this. That's when the players kind of have the sorts of leverage where it's like, oh, he's just going to bolt in a season and you're going to get nothing in return. This one's so weird of like, he kind of built this team, wanted all of this stuff. And now he's like, I hate all of this stuff and I don't want to be here at all anymore. And it's like, there's something to be said for like honoring the contract, even though, again, I also believe in like player agency and like, you're allowed to not like where you work and want to change jobs essentially and it's not the easiest thing for nba players to do because they can't just straight up quit like we could right um i i think i think the the issue the yes to answer your question directly yes the the way everything has gone down this is this is in in a lot of ways i think worse than joining the the golden state warriors i had no problem when he joined the golden state warriors a lot of people I never got the hate on that one yeah but a lot of people a lot of people like I kind of get the it's 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 a fan it's just a fan driven narrative yeah. you know whatever fine I'm not going to relitigate that I think this is worse in a lot of ways in in just about every way because you you just signed the four year extension you just you you didn't even put a player option in there right you you didn't he he all signs pointed to him believing in the coach and believing in the general manager. And then last season happened, and I don't know how much of it, I mean, you can certainly say some of it was a coach's fault, but he never really had a full chance. He never had the chance. It was, he, you saw, you ever seen the Seinfeld episode where the car gets B.O. and the B.O. kind of <laughs> just stink, sticks to everything, sticks to Elaine's hair. That's the, that's the Kyrie like the Kyrie stink. It's like the Nets of, right now. <laughs> yeah, like that is permeating everything. All of the Kyrie kind of shenanigans, like sitting out most of the year, then coming back, and the the team kind of flip flopping their stance there, and 
And I, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the thing that 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 pissed Kevin off. Maybe Kevin serious secretly wanted them to stay kind of resolute on on Kyrie. But the 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 COVID thing happened, and they they just ran out of bodies. Maybe if COVID didn't happen, or or maybe if they didn't have the outbreak, and even if Kyrie missed the whole year and they stuck to their guns, maybe that would have changed things. I don't know. But the nature of this request has certainly tarnished a lot about what Kevin Durant because because Kevin Durant was always supposed to be like the the pristine guy, and you have LeBron as the hated guy, but LeBron kept getting still getting all the shine, and now. Kevin Durant is the the hated guy, and and I don't think he he became the hated guy when he went to Golden State, and I just don't think he ever responded to that well. He likes being liked, and he might say he yeah. doesn't care, but he he once he became the villain, he just he never he never could handle that. He really never could handle being the villain, um, and I think he he probably feels misunderstood and all that other stuff. It's it's just all of it's come together, and it's. It's complicated, but it is off-putting. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to put it. And I, so I think we both agree it's real that it impacts his legacy. Let us know what you think, real or fake. Is this impact? This is impacting Kevin Durant's legacy. You can let us know in the comments down below on YouTube. So coming up, we're going to switch gears. The NBA schedule being released today at two uh, three p.m. Eastern. We're going to get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA and what the NBA is doing on election. Day. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. So find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. So BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, whether you want live in-game betting, scores they got podcasts too you want to get in on the futures on where kevin durant might end up on his next team that wouldn't be the nets you can do it over at betonline.net so head over to betonline.net today you can also use your mobile device to get there to learn more about the action happening betonline.net betonline where the game starts and thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We're here completely free Monday through Friday for you. I haven't missed an episode even deep into the offseason, but we're getting some real NBA news. We got the schedule release coming up today at 3 p.m. Eastern. We've gotten bits and parts of it, and we'll get into that too. I have a problem with also how they're leaking so much about it. But the NBA also has a new initiative this year, which I think is pretty cool. The NBA is going to be playing zero games on Election Day, November 8th. No teams have games scheduled that day, but all teams, all 30 teams are playing on November 7th, the night before the midterm elections, to get out there and share election information. Uh, they want you to know when to, how to register. They want you to know where your polling place is. Everything like that, they're trying to kind of use the day before to kind of raise awareness for this. John, I, I think this is a good middle ground for the NBA. You know, it's a league that, especially as we learned in the bubble, tends to be more activist than others, I think, and probably rightfully so, kind of given the makeup of the league. But they also, I think, struggle with it. And you can see Adam Silver doesn't necessarily love it at times. But I think this is kind of a, a way for them to strike that middle ground, right? Like everyone believes in saying, go out and vote and make your voice heard, whatever it is you might be voting for. The NBA might skew much more left than 
you know, anywhere else, but it's, it's kind of a, like a, a good middle ground that maybe is kind of hard to criticize the league on. Have they kind of like mm-hmm. found the like secret sauce here, the right way to kind of almost like split the difference in a sense? Well, I, I think, I don't know if it's split the difference. I think it's more, it's, it's not the right sides. word, word choice. Yeah. I think, I think, I think the, I think the league plays both sides um, because it's a league where they want to make money and you know obviously it's a business first um they their activism stems from the 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 players and things that uh you know i think i think they took strong stances because you know obviously they believe in the messaging that's out there but i think they also took some strong stances because the players were taking strong stances and yeah some of that threatened to derail some of the games. So they, the league needed to be as resolute as the players were. And so they, they took hardline stances. You didn't see them take as hardline a stance when uh, Roe v. Wade was uh, overturned. And so they didn't step into that political landmine. They've stepped into um, the, uh, the, 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 the gay rights and they, they, so they, they have some causes where they are all in some causes. They don't want to touch. This is certainly a way for them to kind of continue with the player um, activism, the player messaging and to continue to keep the players happy uh, when it comes to making sure that minority and this is all great. Like the, what the, the, what's happening is all great. Minority communities are often left behind when it comes to voting and they are doing what they need to do as far as using their platform to get the, get the messaging out. And then on election day, I hope the teams take it upon themselves to go out into the community and use some of their resources to get people to the polls and mm-hmm. make sure voices are heard you know, uh, get together with their, their cities, their hosts, their, their, their home cities and kind of make sure that there's some follow through on this. Um, the league, the league has to do this. The league has to kind of make sure that the players are, are happy when it comes to this stuff. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to lie, Jake, there's a, there's a collective bargaining agreement coming up. They gotta, yeah. they, gotta they gotta make the players happy as many in as many ways as they can to be able to walk into those negotiations and say, Hey, look, we're not being adversarial. We got differences of opinion on the numbers. Let's try to work those out. I'm not, that's, that's probably not the main thing, uh, but of, of the entire 100% pie, you can bet no matter what anybody says, there's a sliver of that, that says we're, we're catering to the players to make sure that they understand that we are not being adversarial. No, that's that's a really good point, right? Right. It goes back to the Jordan thing, right? Why he never kind of got political and, and got into things, right? It's the the Republicans buy sneakers too, and the league probably, as you said, right? It's a business. They want to make money. They can't or don't want to fully alienate a, a sizable chunk of what their audience could be. And look, I, I get that part, but as you said, right? The players definitely feel one way and these are causes they care about so you have to cater to that 
to a certain degree. And so how do you find the middle ground on all of that? I think this is definitely it, right? Like you can't go to look at the league and criticize them for what they're doing here, right? Even if you're much more to the right and you know that they're kind of encouraging people to vote left, let's say, when it's kind of as generic as get out and vote and we're not going to make, we're going to make sure there's no conflict on election day. They put themselves in a spot where they're kind of doing what they want and kind of immune to, I think, a lot of the criticism that's coming their way, which is probably for them exactly what they want. And it's, as we've said, you know, again, it's, it's immune to criticism because it's a good thing. Right. And you mentioned them kind of getting involved with their cities. You know, we've seen a lot of the arenas be used as polling places in the past and not having games on election night frees that up to be the case again, to make these more accessible, because we've heard that debate and without getting into all of that. So I think it's only a good thing for the league to switch gears, though. I don't like how the league is doing the rollout of the schedule these past couple of days. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's the league. I don't think the league is the one that's that's I don't think. Yeah, probably I don't not. Think, I don't think the NBA is saying, okay, here's these drips and drabs. Let's show this to Shams. I think the league says to teams, like teams have to start, you know, if we're doing this on, on this is the August 17th episode. Teams are going to start traveling in two months. I think they're, they're the, the people who organize that travel have to be like, Hey, give me, give me you got some, book hotels and stuff. Yeah. Give me something. Give me some, when, when are we on the road? And you know, they, they know they've known the schedule for about a week or so, like the, at least the past like three days they've had it. I could promise you that uh, at least <laughs> might at be least in draft like, form, but <laughs> yeah, maybe not the final version. Maybe there are a couple of tweaks here and there. Maybe they're still trying to figure out what this Kevin Durant stuff is going to clearly the nets are, are being, you know, hurt, but as far as national TV goes by yeah. the Kevin Durant drama, but yeah, like, and and you know Shams knows who is involved with with that. Shams knows who has the schedules on all of these teams. There's no way to trace back to anybody. Oh, this is this GM. This is like like the Kevin Durant stuff. Though that's very clearly coming from Brooklyn, right? I know, they found a way to do that to Joe Dumars in Detroit a number of years ago where they gave everyone a different worded memo to see like how it was sent out and what leaked and they traced it um Woj to Dumars that way. Do you remember? It was like a nice sting I, operation they did. I didn't I didn't notice that. That's I, I don't remember. This that. happens in the Hollywood industry too. Like they'll give actors different scripts for like a movie or something so that if it leaks like one word is spelled differently or one word's out of place and so if that script leaks online they know whose it was. So the NBA sent out 30 different versions of the same memo. So when one leaked, they're like, oh, that's that dude. And it was Joe Dumars leaking stuff to, to Woj. So whenever, whenever he says a, a Joe Dumars thing, I kind of laugh because it's very obvious where, where that source that. came from. Um, Sting, NBA, it was under uh, Stern. You think he, was, he liked his stuff being leaked? No way. Dude oh was like... God. The, like the stories we hear about him are like something something else with all of that. I mean, what an appropriately named person, Stern. Stern. I once wanted to do a comic book that was NBA-based called Stern Justice. And it was going to be about his like rise to being the commissioner. And he literally got so mad one time. It was like his origin story of kind of being like an anti-hero villain that he smashed his hands on the ground so much and one of them broke. So he had like literal iron hands that he used to like run the league with. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No one can steal uh, that idea if you're listening to the show right now and you're no, an that's, artist that's or something. <laughs> and so so what would Adam Silver be? Lenient boy? I don't know what he would be now, yeah, actually. He's look, the NBA just the NBA's 
punishment. The, the the discipline side of the NBA has grown quite soft after after Stern. Stern Stern came down hard on on teams. You know, at this point, you, you know, you you really it's funny. He came down hard on um on uh what's his name with the Clippers Sterling uh, right in the beginning. Sterling. That was yeah, like right his away, first boom. thing. And you're like, oh damn, that was and it was appropriate. Now, like some of the stuff that happens, you're like, oh, it's only a one game suspension. You're like, what? So. <laughs> we were talking about the schedule, but I think that ship has sailed now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, derail. Uh, that's going to do it for the Wednesday episode of Locked on NBA. We, we can just go off right there. Appreciate y'all listening on Wednesdays. I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. And I'm the derailer, John Corrales at John underscore Corrales on Twitter. You can find me on the Locked on Celtics podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Locked on NBA your first listen today and every day. We are the Locked on NBA podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.